Yo, what's up, guys? Hello, and welcome back to the Lenko Show. I am your host, Alex Lenkowski, and I'm here today flying solo without Chris. This has been a bit of a tight squeeze to try and get this episode in the books, but managing to do it. Um, so I'm actually currently filming this from the comfort of my own home, which I haven't been doing for about the past nine months. Um, so at the start of the year, we literally decided we were going to build, well, we were going to build a big extension. We'd had it all in the plans for quite a long time. And then at the start of the year, we'd made the decision that the building work was going to start. And it was best for us to basically move out and move into uh, the in-laws house, moving with them. And the work should have taken oh, maybe five months. So it should have been all completed before we got married. And then nine months later, here we are, we're back finally. And it's absolutely beautiful. It feels amazing. And essentially, there's been just a lot going on this week, which is why this has been a little bit delayed. So I'm going to fly through what we were talking about in the previous episode, in episode 68, where we're talking about the 11 factors which feed into competitiveness. So we're going to, I think we ended at about number five. And today we're going to kick off. We're on number six, continuing on from that last, um, that last factor. But... Before that, a very important thing to make clear. So this week, or yesterday rather, uh, again, there was uh, something on BBC Sport about a trans woman playing cricket for Canada and essentially this former male athlete now playing in the Women's World Cup. And I put something on Instagram about it, basically saying that it's not right, shouldn't happen again, sticking to my usual self. And someone messaged me and kind of demanded that I speak about it in a different way and that I don't use the words that I selected and told me that I need to be kinder, told me that I needed to be a few other different things and my response to that was to simply go further and further away from what was actually being requested and what she was actually asking for. So I decided I'm just going to be, you know, I'm going to push the boundaries a little bit and I'm going to say a few things to kind of piss you off and make my stance pretty clear as if I haven't made so already. And this was someone that was following me on social media. I don't know the person, never met them. And I'm kind of confused as to why they were following me in the first place as to if you don't, if you typically, if you don't share the same views as someone, you you generally wouldn't put yourself in the environment where you are exposed to their thoughts, their energy levels, their general mindset. And that's something that I'm massive on. And I talk about all the time, every single day, working with clients or working on my own. It's something that is at the front of every single thing that I do. So for someone to kind of, kind of come out of the blue and be like, Oh, I don't think you should be saying that kind of thing. Well, unfortunately, I am going to 100% stick to my values. I'm going to say what I say and say what I believe in the manner that I believe it should be said. And I will not change from that ever. That is the way it will always, always be. So if that's something that's going to upset you, if something that's going to offend you, that's more to do with how you believe I should be behaving rather than my actual behavior. Like if you have different expectations of me than my own personal standards, my own personal beliefs, then that's more your issue, not mine. That's the way I see it. And that's the way I think you should approach 
everything. Like just be un be an unfiltered version of yourself. And I was speaking with someone about this today as well, where we talk about every single day people go to work and they do things and they have a complete lack of fulfillment around what they do. They their energy levels are in the toilet. Their actual motivation to stick to any task is on the floor. There is no stay in power. There's no commitment to long-term goals. And we all wonder why, like, what's the problem? What is the problem? And I think because we're living in such a precious society at the moment where you will get pulled into HR for any lewd comment, any little joke, and it will get stretched way beyond what it was. We simply aren't free to be ourselves. We simply aren't free to say what we want to say. However, and I, I, I genuinely think that is a massive source of people's lack of happiness. That is a huge factor in it. It can't not be. If you can't say what is really on your mind and you're just going to bottle it all up, bottle it all up, not communicate it and not vent it in a useful manner or in a constructive manner, like it's not that you have to say things to be offensive. I think that is taking a lot of energy and I think it's hard work. I think that's really hard work and being someone that you're not or not being who you really are is what is absolutely crushing a lot of people. So I think, and personally, I am just going to continue doing my thing, doing my own thing and say what I say in the way I want to say it. So I would assume if you're listening to this podcast, you buy into that, you appreciate that, you respect that and you want to do the same as well. So this is a safe environment for us to all do that and hopefully spread a bit of common fucking sense around the world. So kicking off, we're going to go into, this is number six, obviously second part of the 11 factors, which feeds into competitiveness. We already rounded out the top five. Number six, we're going to speak about a goal oriented mindset. So some people have a strong desire to set and achieve ambitious goals. Some people have that innate link of that's what I want to do. And I'm going to go and do it. This is how I'm going to go and do it. And they are going to follow those tendencies. They're going to elicit that competitive nature and follow through and achieve their targets, achieve their objectives. And again, they're going to do it in a way that suits them. They're going to do it unapologetically and be themselves whilst they're doing it. And those are the people that are always going to be the most likely to succeed. So if you're trying to succeed in business by being someone who you're not, it's not going to come, you're going to come through as being fake, inauthentic, just a complete fraud. Don't live that life. Number seven, we're going to talk about fear of failure. So this is where typically you're going to be paralyzing yourself before you've even got going, before you've even started, you've already hit the brakes, put the fear goggles on and thought, shit, what if it doesn't work? You've come up with every horrendous scenario you possibly can and you're going to paralyze yourself into a lack of action, which means that you fail automatically. So while it might it might seem counterintuitive, some individuals who are highly competitive are actually driven by a fear of failure. So if you use your goals and you analyze your goals and you assess your situation and you allow it to put the fear of God into you, that can actually activate you and get you moving. If you understand that, even if even if that scares you a little bit and kind of 
sits you down and stops you from moving. If you then go and balance that with the positive outcome of your goal and what lies on the other side of actually following through and achieving it, then you will 100% get moving. And the thing with fear is that you need to be able to harness it. You need to be able to dance with it, roll with it, control it, and get along with it because you can use that and turn it into energy. Fear, if you think about like one of the most primal things, you're either going to fight, uh, you're either going to fight or you're going to run. Fight or flight, basics. I mean, the other one is freezing, which you know very few people actually fall into that category. Either you'll back away or you'll run off, or you'll use all that adrenaline and you'll put it into fighting. Either way, fear is a massive primal driver that releases tons of chemicals that are going to be 100% useful for producing energy and activating yourself and getting yourself going. So you what you absolutely need to think about the very worst possible outcome of not achieving your goals. And very competitive people will actually highly associate with that lack of success and the the actual picture and the outcome of failure. In, in fact, that can actually be more of a driver than simply wanting to win or simply wanting to win for cash reward. Like what it means to them as a person, if they lose, does it make them a loser? Are other people going to view them differently? Is their reputation at stake? If you view it that way, there's a big chance that you're going to commit much more to the actions required to achieve your goals. And if you know that your own self-image is to be the type of person that is committed to goals, that is committed to success, that is committed to achieving things and is committed to following through on tasks and being at your very best and providing for your family, providing for yourself, then of course you are going to commit. You're going to commit far more if you are driven by that fear of failure and what happens if you fuck it up. So don't fuck it up and allow fear to take a hold and just dance with it. Just go with it. Number eight, competitive factors. Sorry, not competitive, cognitive. Can't even read my own writing here. So the way in which you perceive competition can actually influence your level of competitiveness. So for instance, if you view competition as an opportunity for growth, as an opportunity for self-improvement, progression, and other people see it as a threat and is quite intimidating, the people that view it more positively are going to engage in the competitive activities. If you see it as an opportunity to learn something, if you're putting yourself into a new melting pot to improve yourself, so for instance, if if you're the average of the five people closest to you, skill-wise, ability-wise, fitness-wise, and then all of a sudden you go and run with a group who are a lot quicker, if you view that as intimidating as a threat as a potential massive ego knock you're not going to want to do it you're going to paralyze yourself you're going to hold yourself back you're going to freeze and you're going to stop and stick where you are where you're comfortable whereas if you roll with that bigger group you might understand think "Mm, do you know what that quicker group they're going to get away from me that's okay they'll get away from me this week they might get away from me next week they might continue to get away from me for a little while but if you keep if you keep going then eventually you understand that you're going to come good and you're going to live to that same level at which they're operating and you're going to be in a better group for actually progressing yourself long term so 
see it as an opportunity for growth, see it as an opportunity for self-improvement and follow that path rather than being paralyzed by just sitting back and thinking, fuck, people are going to think less of me if I'm not as capable in this group or in this higher level group. So see competition as an opportunity for growth. See it as an opportunity to get better and improve yourself rather than being worried about what it means in the outcome. Like play the long-term game. Number nine, genetics and biology. So research suggests that genetic factors can contribute to your individual levels of competitiveness and certain genes related to neurotransmitters, hormones, dopamine, testosterone, might actually play a role in shaping competitive behavior. And if you think about that in terms of the animal kingdom, I don't see why that wouldn't be true for people. Because if it's a case of the strongest survive or the most adaptable survive, survival of the fittest, for instance, and if you talk breeding lines with dogs, perfect example, sat on the couch behind me over here, those genes are going to be expressed more in those very high drive dogs and they will continue to be expressed. And I was saying this to someone I said earlier today as well, actually, if you've got, let's say genetically not very gifted people and those not very gifted people get together and have a child, the chances are their kid is not going to be the most athletic person on the planet even if every single thing in their environment is tailored and geared towards athletic performance, it is very, very unlikely that they will achieve the heights that someone who has simply got athletic parents will. Even if the environments were completely flipped, genes play a massive role. They do it in the behaviors of animals, in the behaviors of dogs, and they 100% will with people as well. So in the same way that certain eyes, all that can be passed down. Even the gene expressions on a personality level can also be filtered through. I would assume based on what I have read, I don't want to declare it for a fact, but it makes sense to me. And I'll take that for now. I'll keep looking into it, but I'll take that for now. Number 10, again, this kind of fits in with your environment a little bit, but cultural and societal influences. So cultural norms, and societal expectations regarding competition can shape your attitude. So again, if if you promote every competitive situation as an opportunity to grow, as an opportunity to get stronger, bigger, faster, then it's going to be useful and that's going to get passed down. Whereas if you put it as if you lose, you're worthless kind of thing, then you can probably expect that kids are going to struggle in that situation. So in cultures, at companies, football teams, sports teams, it doesn't matter what it is. If competition is highly valued and highly encouraged, then it's most likely that that competitive nature is going to continue and it will attract other people who are naturally geared towards that. And then you will have a more a high-performing team because the personality traits required to win will be manifested within those people who are naturally more competitive. So if you get more of those people on your team, you're much more likely to be driven to succeed. So I was speaking with one of my football coaches about this a short while back where in every team, you're going to have people who are 
at the bottom will kind of just come along for the ride very easily influenced, very easily led might not necessarily like to put out the work and train hard, play hard and commit to the team. Then you'll have the middle ground where everyone will go along. They'll all do their thing. They'll all be involved. They'll try and contribute. And then you'll have the people at the top who go above and beyond and drag other people with them. The more of those you have in your team, the more likely it is your team will be successful. So the question is, how can you get more of those people in your team if you are indeed a coach? That's a key factor to it. Or can you coach and work with some of those people in the middle ground? Can you work with some of those athletes in that mid section, that chunk that just needs a bit of a kick up the arse? Can you get them to be highly motivated, highly driven and more influential and I think this is where, I mean, not everyone's a leader, right? So it's not always going to work. It's not going to be beneficial or useful or applicable for every single person out there. But could you possibly convert, coach, and teach a few people to be better at it? Most certainly. And then number 11, the final one, before I close out this podcast for today, is past experiences. So your past experiences, your own previous experiences of success and failure in competitive situations will also have an influence on your willingness to engage in future competition. So if you've had a positive experience, that's going to boost your confidence, your motivation, your overall mood, demeanor, your approach and thinking about the competition as opposed to someone who's had a negative experience or if you've had a negative experience, that's going to lead you into more of an avoidance of the scenario and you're just going to kind of take yourself away. And if you do that, as we've uncovered earlier, you are going to miss out on that opportunity to grow, that opportunity to get stronger, the opportunity to get faster and simply improve yourself because the only way that you're actually going to level up is by working with people who are actually better than you. That's what coaches are for. That's what playing in high-level teams does. That's what melting pots are all about. If you can put yourself in an environment where you're consistently being tested and you're around people who are going to push themselves every single step of the way, you're more likely to go along with them and can you take other people along with you? That is the key. So think next time we've got scheduled down on the podcast we are going to be talking about how to actually increase your competitiveness so i have spoken about this a little bit today but we've got oh, i'd say a list of about eight things that we're going to roll through and if you're a parent if you're a coach very very useful very very applicable we'll explain what they are how to implement them and if you're thinking about having a family in the future then useful for you as well if you want to have a kid that's a bit of a beast then yeah i would say the next podcast is definitely for you so listen out for that one so until then you can reach us through the usual channels so this is obviously available on youtube you're gonna get it in your podcast player make sure you subscribe to my weekly email where i spoke about the importance of being unapologetically you earlier today so make sure you don't miss those subscribe to that so you don't miss a beat on the emails and if you've got any other questions, feel free to drop me a DM via Instagram or indeed reach me through any one of my other channels by commenting or getting involved with anything else that I'm doing. And as me and Chris said, we have got a little project coming up, which we would love for you to be a part of. So 
make sure you follow him, make sure you're fucking switched on and dialed in, and we will be sharing the information with you on that as soon as we get that ball rolling. So until then, be elite, be you, don't be sorry. <laughs>